Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. everyone and welcome to another episode my name is Iman and I am joined by Yasmin as of right now you guys know the deal but you can find us on Raptors Over Everything feed on your podcast on all of the podcast listening apps you can also find us on YouTube and we would love it if you would like comment subscribe share with all of your friends Yasmin how are you I'm well how are you I'm great. I'm ready for this NBA season to begin. <laughs> yeah, but it, it felt like it was taking so long and then preseason's already finished. Um, very eventful preseason. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm excited for the season. Uh, as am I, as am I. Let's talk a little bit about that preseason. So the Raptors finished it three and two. And uh, three of, two of those three wins included uh, overtime games against the Celtics, which I hear my... The one thing I want, Elam ending for the preseason, please, please yeah. spare us. Give us the Elam <laughs> ending. Let's see how that works. Um, but I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about preseason. What were your thoughts and what you saw from the Raptors? Um, they looked pretty much like I expected. Um, they still have um a lot of young faces to like kind of integrate and get used to uh the new system and like working not even a new system but just the raptors system like the style in which they play um they're they're still like really young guys that need to get used to it uh but i saw like uh, i saw things that were kind of iffy like with the shoot with the shooting which is kind of like an expected issue i feel like we were kind of um waiting for um they're gonna have games where they cannot make a shot to save their lives and they're gonna have games where they're going to um probably like, you know, break a record in terms of making threes for Raptors games. But, um, you know, that's, I wasn't too surprised when I saw that, but I feel like um, this team has a high ceiling. I feel like they're going to, they're going to be good, but I feel like when they find their rhythm and with all of the individual pieces on the team who um, we are expecting to see a uh, leap from, whether small or big, when you think about people like Precious and Scotty, um, and you think about the um, uh, the the standard of um, play that you get from players like Fred and Pascal and Gary. When you put all those pieces together, I think this is a team that has the potential to find a rhythm as the season goes along. I feel like they have the perfect recipe for that sort of thing. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I, I like the fact that you said you could just like the high variance in these three point shooters, like you have your OGs, your Fred and your Gary's and sort of the three best shooters on the team that you kind of expect to relatively just be good. But then you have like these stretches from Precious Achua or these stretches from Chris Boucher that we've seen in the past or even Pascal Siakam that are like, it's incredibly high variance where we might just have a game where all of them are on and you're like, what? Is this the greatest three-point shooting team I've ever seen? And then you might get like a five-game stretch where no one is able to hit a three except for Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> yeah, I think it's something that we just have to accept as a trade-off for the style of play that they do. You know, if you're going to have all these small forwards, all of these forwards on the court, 
simultaneously, you're going to have to give up on your steady three point shooting rate. You know what I mean? Like any team would have to. It's not, I think, Raptor specific. I think the reason why teams have those shifty two guards and stuff and, you know, they have a plethora of skilled two guards is to avoid stretches like that. But they also give away um, size, defensive size and the ability to kind of you know, lock off the interior um, successfully like the Raptors are able to. But I think the Raptors kind of uh, did their calculations and, you know, decided that that's something they're willing to give um, uh, willing to trade off um, for playoff basketball for, um, you know, just every team has to trade something off. And I think this is just um, I think it's something that people notice with the Raptors because it's in the three point era. So um, it's something that just kind of stands out uh, particularly strongly. Yeah, which is why like the Cavs are so fascinating because they have a couple of those shifty two guards to create offense for them. And then they've got the big bigs, but they're just like wing deficient. Like that was their sort of trade off. It'll be really interesting to watch these kind of chess matches that these GMs who've created these like teams that are very unique, that almost feel gimmicky in a way and to see if they can actually pay off in the in the regular season and in the playoffs. Like I'm so excited to watch the Timberwolves, the Raptors, the Cavs and just all of these gimmicky teams uh and i i I trust the raptors i think uh, more than any of those as of right now um but they're all like so stylistically different i think the season's going to be especially fun because of that yeah it's like a chess match and you like which style is going to beat out um let's let's pivot to some of those okay so right now the season is about to begin. The Raptors have made their final cuts. We know what the entirety of the roster is going to be. And we got to watch a lot of these young guys, these end of the bench players play. I've become a fan of many a dude. And I want to talk to you about what you've seen from some of the end of the bench guys and the guys that made the team. Let's start off with, I think everyone's favorite. Everyone knew he was going to be a lock right away. Rexdale's very own. Delano Banton. What are your thoughts? I think with Batten, like, I think he's, like, honestly the only end-of-bench guy I really, like, stood out to me um, particularly well, like, this uh, uh, preseason because I think everyone was seeing, like, this is his chance to demonstrate what he's capable of. Like, he can take it if he wants to or he can just be relegated to no minutes in the season. Uh, And he seized it, you know. I think he gave us exactly what we were waiting to see. And um, he's such a unique player that fits exactly into the scheme of what the Raptors are trying to do with their, with the size coupled with the um, passing ability and the ability to distribute. So having um, uh, uh, larger players with really good court awareness is something they have, you know, in tenfold. So to be able to add Batten into that fold is really cool to me. And um, I think he's earned some, you know, some run early in the season to see how he, um stacks up against um other professional players i i completely agree i I think it's such a joy to watch bands and play like i look at this raptors team and i'm like yeah in order for them to get anything we we talked about their half court offensive issue so in order for them to get anything it's a matter of pushing the pace trying to score in semi semi transition early offense get that stuff going and so you do see it quite often. I mean, Fred sometimes can walk the ball up, but you do see the Raptors really try to push the pace. And then you watch Delano come in and you're like, oh, they can play even faster. Oh, this change of pace is even like, it's even quicker. So it's so much fun to watch someone like that come in and just completely change the pace of the game. Uh, let's talk about some of the other some of the other guys. Uh, just for anyone who is unaware, the Raptors' final roster spots went to Justin Champagny, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Delano Banton, Jeff Doughton, and Ron Harper Jr., 
any of those names stand out at you? Um, Champagny, obviously, uh, because we did see him get some run um, last season. And I feel like he was always like uh, the center of some sort of highlight moment <laughs> for um, the Raptors games. So I was glad. I was worried initially just because of the injuries. He wasn't able to play in those early yeah. preseason games. So I'm glad that he's he's made the cut. Yeah, I think what's special about him is just the energy he brings, like his ability to rebound at his size. Um, he's not like, I think he's just, you know, he's an average forward, but um, he really gets up there. And I think that sort of spark, he's like someone you can plug in when they're really stagnant yeah. or something's not clicking. He's the exact type of player that you put him in and he's going to try really hard and help boost the collective energy. Um, and I think that's, that's like, that makes a lot of sense. Um, the other spots, I'm not sure um, Hernan Gomez and Harper Jr. are going to get any run. I feel like those are like really kind of just safety net guys. And yeah. they're great options as safety net guys. But I think Champagny and Batten are the ones that we're going to see every now and again on the court um, and get and, and see as a part of like those um, uh, filler portions of games. Like they're, they're just they, they're perfect to plug in um, for our top, you know, eight guys or so. No, I, I agree. I think the Raptors, as we saw last year, you're you're not going to have health throughout the entirety of the season. We kind of saw the sort of role that Svi took when the Raptors desperately needed some sort of, like, three-point shooting. <laughs> um, and, and they just were down way too many bodies. That's when he sort of started to get some minutes. And I think that, like, Juancho kind of perfectly sort of fits in with that role. Theoretically, he's supposed to be a, a great three-point shooter. We didn't get to see that totally in in the preseason although I think towards the end he started to hit some some really key shots for the Raptors and that's what they're really going to need him there for um and with Justin Champagny really glad that he's on the team I, I think he's someone who kind of like when you talk about the Raptors development system he's someone who asked on to this team wanted to be a Raptor I think his exact quote was I didn't want to play anywhere else I told my agent right away right after my workout that the Raptors were the team that he wanted to play with because of their development system, because of their track record with other undrafted guys um, and late first and second round picks. And so I'm excited to watch him get run with this team. I, I agree with you. I think he's someone along with Delano Banton that we're probably going to see get minutes in, in the regular season. And I'm going to have some over and unders that we're going to play around with uh, in, and uh, some of those might have to do with minutes. I haven't really focused in on some of those end of the bench guys. Maybe I'll surprise you with with one or two there. Uh, any any final words on on the Raptors roster cuts? Anyone you were surprised you thought maybe would have made the team that didn't? No, I think I I think what I expected to happen happened. I feel like it was pretty um, natural decision. And plus, the Raptors tend to have like favorability for guys they've you know spent a little time on already. So I think that's why I wasn't surprised with this. It's very rare that they'll just pluck someone out of nowhere and give them a spot over someone they've spent you know a year or two on. Yeah, yeah, for I I completely agree with that. And so let's switch over to the over and unders. We're at the start of the regular season. This is when people are putting out all of their over and unders. And I thought I would come up with my own because I don't, you know, like the 46.5 Vegas odds for the Raptors wins. What are those? What does that even mean? So I'm tossing any of those out and I'm going to, I've created some of my own and I want to go through them with you. Are you ready? All right. Let's start off with the Raptors win total. I think that that's probably the best place to start off. So like I said, I've seen anywhere between 45.5 to 48.5. 
and I've decided to go to 49.5. So do you think the Raptors are going to be a 50-win team this season or not? Um, I'm going to say last season was what, 49 or 48? 48. Last 48? season was 48. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say they're a 50-win season this year. I, I'll say that. Um, I, I feel like all things considered, um, they'll have more time with the same roster. So I don't see why they wouldn't, you know, barring any, um, issues with health, I think that they can, they can pull it off. And, you know, the East has gotten stronger in some places, has remained the same in other places. I think the Raptors will be getting stronger along with everyone else. Um, I'd say, I'd say 50 on the dot or like, Nothing below 48. I don't think they're going down from last season's wins to win total. I agree with that. I'm hitting the over. I, I wanted to do, like, 50 wins kind of feels like a lot, but they won, like you just said, 48, 48 last year. I don't think that they've taken a step back. And I think when we talk about the East taking a step forward, sure. <laughs> but, like, I don't know that it's, like, so much so that I'm like, oh yeah, the Raptors are gonna, we need to knock two or three or four games off of the Raptors total. I just don't see that for the Raptors. Considering they were so banged up last year as well, I just, I don't know. I, I'm all in on this Raptors team. I think 50 is is pretty, I'm like, I feel very confident in saying they're going to win at least 50 games. Is that crazy? Am I too high on this team? No, I don't think so. I feel like they that's like been their thing for the last decade. So just bet the over. <laughs> that that a hundred percent. But and so here's the thing. I've been thinking about what it sort of takes to get to that fifty win mark in the Eastern Conference. And in the East, you gotta play defense. That's kind of that's the name of the game. You have to play defense. A team like the Atlanta Hawks, second in offense last year, but were like bottom of the league in, in defense. And where did they finish? They finished in the play-in outside of the technical top eight uh, in a normal year would not have been a playoff team. And I'm like, where do I think the Raptors defense is going to finish? Because I don't think that they're going to be a particularly good offensive team, at least in half court sets. I think that like even some of their offensive numbers last year kind of feel a little noisy and I don't know how much they can sort of replicate some of that. But as long as they'll be elite defensively, I think that they'll win a lot of games. And so I'm throwing an off the wall one at you because I said at the high end, I kind of like them as maybe at best, the third best defense in this league. Feels really, really high, but I'm going to give yeah. you an over and under top six. No, top seven. Are they above the top seven mark or below the top seven mark? Top seven, yeah. I'd say they're top seven. Top um, six? Top, top, no, that's, I, eh, I'm not as comfortable <laughs> with top six. I think because it hasn't always been about, like, like, I think the Raptors' defensive schemes aren't, like, as clean cut as... Yeah making sure the other team doesn't score, you know, above this rate or anything like that. It tends to be on a game to game basis. It tends to be extremely like um, situation based. And you know what I mean? Like they're not, for example, they're not like the um, uh, the Bucks with a very, 
you know, predictable defensive scheme where they look to do this and that. I think the Raptors are more like that's why Nick Nurse was voted best coach with uh, adjustments because it's literally on a game to game basis. So because of that, like you could have a game where they play great defense and a team might have scored over 110 points. You know what I mean? But you might have noticed certain and they might have won that game, but you might have noticed that they made an adjustment halfway through or something like that. I feel like it's just a little more noisy. when it comes to that. So I, because of that, they'll be, I think like a top seven defense, but everyone will know that they're like a top three. Okay, you know yeah, like I mean? when it, okay. So, so let me tell you, cause initially I was like top five and then I decided to get a little, I said a little spicy with it. And I just kept going a little bit higher and higher. Um, but here's my rationale. Here's my reasoning. They were top six after January 1st, last season. Very, very close to being top five, just a few decimal points off the Miami Heat, who played more, who played less games than the Raptors. Uh, and the Raptors did that without Fred Van Vliet and without OG Ananobi for a good chunk of those games because both of those guys were hurt. And when I look at this season, I'm like the Bucks, a team that you mentioned, right? Like, yes, a very sort of predictable defense. They do give up a lot of three point shots, which I know Raptor fans are kind of like wringing their hands over this Raptors team doing, but the Bucks defense is a drop defense. It's Brooke Lopez standing down low, taking any sort of shot away from the basket. Brooke Lopez, not entirely healthy. Didn't see it last year. They yeah. fell to around the 15 mark. They were a middling defense. They weren't very scary at all. Bobby Portis puts the fear in. Sorry, no one. Um, maybe Nikola Mirtich. Uh, but um, but um, uh, so so I'm like, okay, the Bucks are kind of falling out of it. Also, we've seen the Celtics a couple of times in in preseason already, and I think the lack of Robert Williams has been noticeable. The Raptors are not uh not scared to attack on um an Al Horford or even a Grant Williams down there. So I'm like, you know what? Until Robert Williams comes back, I don't know that the Celtics defense puts the fear in me that it would have done at the second half of last season. And I think the Heat defense, I know that they're, you know, still going to have Bam, still going to have Jimmy, but I do think just the lack of a, an actual four for them there and Jimmy taking a bit of a defense yeah. uh, beating will take them a step back. So I'm like looking at this and I'm like three teams that you would theoretically imagine would be at the top are going to take major steps back. Does that at all make you believe the Raptors could be top six? Have I convinced you? Uh, top six in the league. You're like, no. <laughs> yeah. Only because of the reasons that I gave that I yeah, think no, that's like, fair. so that's hard fair. to predict. Like I would I would say they're they're the top three, but I, I would, you know, the numbers won't always reflect that. But situationally, I would like trust them to um always um have some sort of answer defensively to the other team. Like there's very few teams that can just leave them with their hands tied and leave them uh, vulnerable. But yeah, I'd say you bought, but your points make a lot of sense. Like there are a lot of teams in the East who um, will look, um, you know, a little bit deficient in certain parts of the court. Um, and I'm interested to see, give give me like a month of games <laughs> and I'll have like an idea. Give me like two weeks of games. I'm, try- I'm, I'm trying to get people on this bandwagon <laughs> that I don't even know that I'm like fully on board for just because. Yeah. <laughs> But but I, I you know what I need to, I need to believe in something this season I need to believe in something and, yeah. and the preseason has scared me a little bit from the offense I'm not going to lie uh, so so yeah so you have the over on the win total so at least fifty wins you have an over on forty nine point five and an under on their defensive rating all right so 
let's move to the next one. I want to specifically focus in on OG Ananobi. He is someone that everyone's kind of talking about. He seems to be like the topic of conversation everywhere. And I get it because OG is great. And a lot of the conversation probably stems from the offseason reports about him wanting a bigger role and can he take a bigger role and what that sort of looks like on this team. And so let's talk about that. OG Ananobi last year, he averaged. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Just over 17 points per game. He wants a bigger role. That's been reported, although he's never said it himself. We've never heard that those words come out of OG specifically. But I can see him take on kind of a bigger role. I've been a real fan of the OG Ananobi and Scotty Barnes um, chemistry. I think that, you know, Scotty says if there's one player that he'd want to play with, it is OG Ananobi. And I can kind of see a scenario where some of those bench lineups feature OG Ananobi and Scotty, where like OG is sort of your play finisher, which he's shown he can really do. And you really want to get Scotty the ball and you want to see his playmaking sort of develop. So I can see that being a really great pairing. So my question to you, OG Ananobi. 18 points over and or under. I'm going to say over for 18.5 over and under. Yeah. I'm going to say over it's for 18.5. I think he has the potential to do like a 19 point thing. Cause I don't know why, but I have this hunch that Fred is going to take a step back a little bit and be more of a pure point guard than a, um, than a shooting guard. Cause I know that that's, Fred's a scorer, you know what I mean? Um, but I think that he's going to see that he has so many capable play finishers around him that he'll be more open. And I feel like he has developed over the years in um, helping mend that um, the lack of playmaking that he has as a lead point guard. I think that he's actually, like, he's improved that so much. So I think I, if that happens, like, I pre- I'm predicting it will, I think that OG can really blossom with the increase in usage. So um, I think... I'm going to say that I can see him having up to 19 points. Um, you know, one more point. I can I can see that. A couple more, you know, show-stopping games here and there. Um, and that would bring up his average a little bit. But, yeah, OG, um, I, I feel like there, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. I'm sure he, naturally, a young player who's capable, who's strong, who's healthy, who's young, would want um a bigger role you know um and isn't he up for money in like a year or two or something so it's coming up yeah it's coming up so of course he'd want to demonstrate his abilities to you know the highest um degree possible 
And, you know, if that means he has to, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's talked to coaches about, you know, increasing his role. I feel like I'd be kind of worried if he didn't. <laughs> like you'd want, you want overachievers in your starting lineup, you know. No, that is very fair. I'm with you on that. I'm with you. 18.5, hitting the over. What was it? 17 a game last year. And I think he was hitting the over on 18 at the start of the year. But then, of course, he got hurt with the the hip and the finger and all those. Yeah, other things. health. Health is his biggest obstacle for OG. For sure. Um, it, always, it always disrupts his flow. So you, you talked about him already and the sort of role shifting for him, and that's Fred Van Vliet. And I agree with you. I think we're going to see a change in Fred Van Vliet's game, not only just being a pure point guard, but also playing off ball some because he is the team's best catch-and-shoot guy as of right now. Now, my question for you is specifically on that three-point shot. Not necessarily catch-and-shoot opportunities. It can be pull-up. But what do you think his three-point averages for this season are going to be? I'm giving you the over and under the line at 10. Are you hitting the over on that or under on 10 attempts? He was at what, nine point something? I think it was like 8.7. It dropped because he did get injured at a certain point, but he was was hoisting up quite a bit. Yeah, for attempts. Attempts. Um, Attempts, right? 10 attempts. Um, I'm going to say right on the dot is that an option like above <laughs> I don't like know. if you're gonna say 10.1 or 9.1 what, what are you giving peak? me like 10 point something did larry ever do that i feel like he has i feel like there was probably a time in 2019 2020 that he did but um 10 attempts uh, i'm gonna say nah i'm gonna say under i'm gonna say under i think he could do like a nine point something um because yeah three-point shooting is so i'm looking through lowry right now the most he's done in his career is eight eight okay so yeah yeah, i think i think in the three-point era fred can do like nine so i'm gonna say under 10 i think 10 is a little ambitious because i can't really say that it's gonna be linear like oh fred is gonna decrease his usage therefore he's gonna take more threes it could be fred is gonna decrease his usage keep his three-point rate around the same and just not drive as often as frequently as usual and just like um stick to his so he was at 9.9 last season 9.9 9.9 according to I'm on basketball reference right now it says that he was at 9.9 in his 65 games last season okay so based on his record then in that case yeah I could see it going over 10 then in that case (laughs) 9.9 and I'm predicting that he is going to take a little bit of a step back um in terms of you know self-creation and I feel like I, I feel like last year he really kind of mastered that deep three um that yeah you know so i feel like if he sticks to that drives a little less sticks to the deep threes and sticks to catch and shoots um it could be really interesting but yeah i'll take the over in that case if it's 9.9 that last season i'd have no reason to believe it would lower so i honestly I thought it was like eight several reasons where in my notes i had like 8.8 9.9 9.9 yeah that's shocking i did not know it was that high <laughs> Uh, so let's go into who should we do next? This is fun. You know what? Let's do Precious Achua. I think this is a really sort of fun one to talk about. Precious Achua. There's been a lot of debate on whether people want him to start games or want him to come off the bench, have Gary start, what have you. My question to you is, do you think Precious starts? 
at least 35 games next season. So I'm going to set the over and under at 34.5. And of course, there is obviously injuries that can play a role. We also see Ken Burch, who's looked really great. He snags some starting roles when the Raptors need a center. I don't know. (laughs) I'm leaving this up to you. So last year, just to let you know, he started in 28 games. And now I'm picking it up to 34. And so the over and under set at 34.5. I think that Precious started a lot of games out of necessity last season. But I don't think he is. I think they just much prefer to have him come off the bench because he just dominates against um, other, you know, um, bench players. So. I think that the Raptors just prefer to have Gary on the floor as a really skilled um, self-creator to help, you know, loosen the um, the constriction of the court for Pascal and Scotty and OG. I feel like he's just necessary, um, Gary, and he's shown like he, he just plays off of their dynamic well by just expanding the floor a little bit. Mm-hmm. along with Fred and I feel like with Precious it would just be so redundant um the starting lineup like it would just yeah it would be too overwhelming um for the Raptors to I feel like you'd see guys bumping into each other and stuff <laughs> like it just it would be kind of a mess um Precious really like he, Precious has his moments where he really does create but his strength is as a finisher so having him with the second unit with Pascal or Scotty staying but like I think it's usually Pascal who stays on the court and then he gets to facilitate for um uh precious and has him finish plays finish lobs drive and stuff like that um cut it's it just i think it i don't i don't think that they see precious as a starter at all and it just i don't know it doesn't it doesn't make too much sense to me i don't i don't know why it's like um much of a debate i i think that they could have better have better options i know it's not ideal that gary starts like i know that they would rather have uh, some bench scoring and you know balance it out that way but there i feel like there are some nuances to the dynamic that make it so that fred i mean gary needs to start and that pressure is coming off the bench it just makes more sense so i think if batten if delano um really blossoms this season it would mend a lot of the issues that fans see with the bench unit um, I think they, like he it would give them a really good um, facilitator uh, with all of the um, you know potential in someone like um, Precious in Coloco in um, uh, uh, Boucher as well. So right. I, I think that that I yeah. I so I, I I'm choosing the under on him starting thirty almost thirty five games. I'm taking the under as well. I also am not totally sure what the obsession is with like the starting lineup needing to feature Precious Achua. Like the starters, like the typical starters with Precious and for Gary played 45 minutes last year. What are we basing any of these numbers on? (laughs) I don't quite understand it. Uh, Also, the Raptors are not a team that like does these hockey rotations they play a lot of hybrid lineups. We're going to see a lot of your starters mixed in with the bench. So uh, in my opinion, yeah, that's, your, that too. <laughs> yeah, like, so I'm not like too worried about what the sort of bench scoring and lineups look like. And also if I'm going to have a prototypical bench score, like your six man come up who can kind of be your microwave offense type of guy and get you a lot of points, which is what I imagine lots of people are sort of pegging Gary Trent Jr. as I want that person to be an elite playmaker. 
as well. Like <laughs> You need to be able to do both. You can't be Jamal Crawford if you don't have the playmaking chops. You can't be Lou William if you don't have the playmaking chops. Lou Williams, I don't know why I cut it short. I was probably thinking- Which is why people are so happy about Benton. People are so yeah. happy to see Milano looking good because he has the potential to fill that exact role. Exactly. At, like his speed, his ability to finish, his playmaking. It can be perfect if he does um, pan out the way we want him to. Exactly, exactly. So like to me, Gary is not that prototypical person that you would sort of slot in. He's not your Jordan Poole. He's Gary Trent Jr. And also, why wouldn't you want your starters to just be your five best offensive options as well? <laughs> like, it, it could be so easy. I don't understand the overcomplicating of it. So I'm there. I'm with you as well. I think starting um, Gary Trent Jr. is what makes the most sense until unless he possibly moves. That's another thing that lots of people are sort of talking about right now is, will Gary Trent Jr. be a Raptor by the end of the season? Will he play out his uh, season as a Raptor? So I looked it up. The trade deadline is on February 9th, and the Raptors play their 56th game on February 8th. So my over and under for Gary Trent Jr. for you is does he play 56 games, 55.5 games, or 56.5 games for the Toronto Raptors? What are you taking? Oh, God. Here we on the trade deadline. Going, and then now you're seeing what Jordan Poole is getting paid. What, who was, there was someone who got paid the other Tyler day. Tyler Hero. Oh, Andrew Wiggins just got paid uh, the other day. Tyler Hero yeah, and Jordan Poole. these guys are getting max contracts as. Wiggins the, took a pay cut. He took a pay cut to be on a championship team. Yeah, yeah. There was, there was, there was, there was Tyler Hero got a ridiculous amount. Jordan Poole was the one that happened recently. Just, yeah, just the other um, day. 140, 140, 140 for four years. My God, that's max money. Um, that's more than Pascal got paid. Pascal yeah. got like Pascal's on, Pascal is which on, was the max at the time. Pascal is so. on a fear, like, it, and the cap is just going to continue to go up. So these contracts that we're talking about are just going to look. Yeah, going to balloon. But yeah, um, Gary is going to get the exact same. <laughs> if not, like, he's going to expect the exact same unless he's willing to take a pay cut, which I doubt um, as someone in their prime. Or entering their prime he's still young he's still incredibly um, young yeah, yeah he's gonna try and maximize his earnings while he's healthy and young so um the prospect of paying him that much is um not something that is gonna do i don't think so yeah it's a lot of money so him being packaged this season i don't think he's gonna play more than what was it 56 games yeah yeah i think he's gonna i think he's a goner um around the trade deadline like i just don't see him is this his final year his contract he has is, a he has an opt out, which he's going he's to. He's opting make. out. Yeah, so I, <laughs> yeah, he's 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 got in a package. My it my question though is what kind of package? Yeah, that's what I like. I was going to an equivalent you. or even lesser player just to fill in that gap in uh, shooting guard, or is he going to be packaged with you know one of our <laughs> premier players for something more ambitious? So yeah, that's something that I look uh, forward to this season to see how the Raptors um, they're really just kind of building the foundation for their future with a talent like Scotty. Uh, who's like, you know, a baby in basketball years now. Um, and then he has like all of these pieces in his orbit already. Um, other young players in Precious, in OG, in Koloku, in, you know, that are surrounding him. And there's so much potential that I can see the Raptors being ambitious and kind of swinging for another young 
incredible talent to they have everything they need to do it they have the contracts they have the young players with high ceilings and they have the picks so yeah you know it was meant to I, i'm sure that they got close with um uh kevin Durant. durant but that was so complicated and um there was just so many moving parts in that potential deal but we do know that the raptors were among the forefront teams um trying to go for that but they just didn't want to give up um uh, Scotty or I, I bet they either wanted Scotty or Pascal so I or both who knows <laughs> um but um so yeah I, th I think that because we know what happened this summer with yeah. the Kevin Durant situation it's almost guaranteed actually now that I think about it that Gary is not going to be here um and that they're going to <sighs> go for um a young talent I think uh to replace him and to kind of build the foundation for the team's future yeah, I think I think the contracts that are being handed out right now, the Raptors, like I mean, like I I don't know that they would I don't believe they'd be willing to give Gary Trent Jr. that. Uh and just to plug in a piece that I uh will have coming out for Yahoo Sports Canada this week. It is specifically talking about a lot of the things that Yasmin just mentioned right there, which is the Raptors have put themselves in a prime position to make a trade for that guy the Raptors don't have any bad contracts on the books they have a lot of tradable assets on the books they also have a lot of sort of similar pieces that the Raptors wouldn't mind consolidating some of those options now I think all of them can work together but you can also you know make up for the loss of some of these guys just because you've got a dearth of six nine uh players with seven feet wingspans and um yeah, so so I, I personally, the piece is coming out. Check it out for Yahoo Sports Canada. Let's go to the next one. Um, so the next one that I have for you here is, okay, so there's just a couple that I'll do really, really quick. First is Pascal Siakam. Uh, Pascal, since being a starter, has had one 40-point game every single year. He started off with 44 points in that championship season against the uh, New Orleans Pelicans or the Washington Wizards. I have it here. It's just I feel like those teams come up a bunch of times. Uh, he's hit 40 points in at least every single game or one game every single season since being a starter. I'm going to set the over and under at 1.5. Do you think Pascal Siakam gets his second 40-point game in, in a year this year? Um, yeah, I don't see why not. He has a pattern, but also like I think that Pascal's 40 point games come after like a crescendo of really great games. And then you're just like, yes, <laughs> all NBA. <laughs> um, I would love to see it happen earlier so that he could secure an all star spot. Um, I think he's got one. I think that's in the bag. Yeah, so I I I think that Pascal kind of takes a while to warm up into the season, and then he really finds his flow um, into the second half. The second half is always a really great display. But I think that you know he's kind of um, expressed that he wants to be considered amongst the league's best players. So I think that this is a season where he's going to really show the skills that he's accumulated over the years um, and show what he can Not do five. as a leader um um with all of these look the, because i think that what's great about the raptors team is that they have guys around them who can push him who yes. are you know you know as physically gifted as um skilled and that you know they can um have him i feel like i feel like that's why last season was so great i think scotty being alongside him really kind of just sparked um a lot of his um it, it just i feel like it unlocked his playmaking a, a little more um, and showed us, uh, whoa, there's like something really special here that he can dig into. So I think next season, um, 
maybe it will be OG and his need to um, improve as a scorer that will kind of help him blossom as well. So I'm, I'm excited to see. I'd love to um, see it. Can yeah, I, I'm excited would, to see Pascal. I think that more. he can do it. He can do it. <laughs> I agree. So let's speaking of improved playmaking, Scotty Barnes, he has not hit a triple double, but he's been very close. Now I'm going to put it at 1.5. I'm going to say one, you can almost pencil in, right? I'm putting it in pen. He's going to get his first triple double this season. Oh yeah. But will he get his second? I'm putting the over at 1.5. What do you, th- what do you say? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say he gets his second. I, I love think that. I- yeah, I think uh, Scotty sees himself as a point guard. Um, you know, I think that, um, yeah, he, his playmaking is something he he loves to flex. Um, I think that I can see him um, demonstrating what makes him so unique as a player. Like, you know what I mean? I think yeah. he, he. So I I feel like I feel like um, he's uh, he fought so hard for his rookie of the year. I think that this season for him is about. Um, showing that he's on the cusp of all-stardom. And mm. I think that that would be a way to show it to um, Iraq. And he has, he's completely capable. He's had how many games with like more than 10 assists? And he's then been real he's close He's just been to short with the rebounds and he's yeah. a great rebounder. So I, yep. I can see him easily doing it. And the last one. So this is one that I think lots of people are talking about just after a preseason where the Raptors could not hit a three-point shot to save their lives. The Raptors. What do you think their three-point percentage is going to be? Now, I'm going to give you the over and under at 35.5. That would make them league average. Last year, they just shot at 34.9. So they were not that far off. They were the 20th ranked uh, three-point shooting team at 34.9. The 15th was the Cleveland Cavaliers at 35.5. I'm going to put that as the over and under for the Raptors. Do you think they can hit that mark? Um, I think they hit it, like, especially close, just like they did last season. I think that's my guess. They hit over, so are they in the 35s? Um, let's see. No, I'm not going to say that they're at the 35s yet. Um, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give the under okay. on the three-point, because only because they haven't had any, you know, additions to indicate that additions that Auto were Oh no! You bring up a good point. <laughs> yeah, no, they brought that. That's good for one percent. I'm gonna say over then. In that case, I'm gonna say over in that case because that yeah, he provides that exact type of shooting that they need at the center spot outside of Boucher. Um, yeah, no, I you bring up a good point. I'm gonna say that over on three point percentage, they'll be slightly above average, and they'll have great games and terrible games. That's how it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be like the variance is going to yeah, be yeah, zero high. and forty eight. <laughs> <laughs> Precious Achua and Chris Boucher. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I have three-point shooting teams. Thank you so much, Yasmin, for joining me. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Please let us know what your picks are on these over and unders. And my name is Iman, and we're out. Bye. Bye.